What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. back in the studio <laughs> yes that's i don't even know how to say what to say this is like um i'm so used to looking at you on screen i know you know <laughs> but when we first came in i was like no nah, it's natural then we fucking rap ate it like we used to and <laughs> now everything is like hyper real or surreal or whatever the word is <laughs> this is gonna be episode 39 wow Fucking 11 more and we're partying. Yeah. There's, 50. There's going to be a big 50 party and it's going to be hosted in here, I guess. But yeah. this whole place. So fucking we're going to get some good food, get some people, get all the old guests. If they want to come, they can come. That'll be so cool. Remember <laughs> my idea for like the podcast station? We're doing that. It's genius. Okay, good. Yeah. I can't th- wait. This is going to be, well, you know what we'll do? We'll do a live Facebook stream and this room will just be open. And people come in, they'll do what they want, and they'll just be streaming for like six, seven hours or however long this party goes for. I just imagine our our like our past guests sitting down and talking to each other <laughs> and having the craziest conversations and we just get clips of it and it just becomes this like yeah. crazy, like long like I don't know, we could dude, that's gonna be a fucking editing championship. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about <clears> that. I'm just gonna release the fucking six hour special. <laughs> Like you know the what? Raw footage. Just listen yeah. to whatever you want to listen. Zoom pass through. We'll put like timers, like in the description. Be like at, at seventeen minutes. Patrick Owens talking to <laughs> Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking amazing. I can't wait. That's amazing, dude. Uh, you know, I didn't really have an idea what we're gonna talk about today. We never really do, but I'm just feeling like a lot of gratitude for this whole process, and like it's been a journey, man. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like just yesterday we started this thing. It comes in waves. <laughs> you just like, it hits you. Like, I, I, I honestly, I feel the same way. Right after the rap, I was just like, all, all I could think was thank you over and over. Hmm. Like to you specifically, but like to, to myself, to everybody, to everything. Yeah. We hit a thousand subs. We hit a thousand fucking subs. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a weird feeling. Yeah. Imagine a place with a thousand people sitting there looking like that's. And that's us. We're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that's all of us. That's it's because of you guys and girls and whoever that are listening that this is growing into what it's growing and it's the beginning. And it's always probably going to feel like the beginning, you know? Yeah. If we're smart. <laughs> if we're smart, it's always going to feel like the beginning. It'd be really cool for those who are our fans from the beginning or even new people are joining in. If you want to just send us like a message or anything, Facebook, anywhere, just we would love to hear more from you. And maybe if you have, like, I, I know we've got some people that actually reached out and wanted to come on uh, and people who have guest ideas, like we're open to all that kind of stuff. We've had a lot of cool people on and it was like, some of it's just like me or you ideas, you know, a lot you with like some cool ass people, man. And then like my friends come on, 
and it's it's just as good. It's a different vibe, you know. But then there's a bunch of people that have been suggested to us, yeah, and they're fucking amazing also. And it's like, it's it's like fans. Yeah, they're just like, yo, I want you to, I want to see you talk to this guy. And it's like, okay, we'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, and I realize the bigger this gets, the more it's going to attract bigger names. Uh, people with a bigger pull and just more fascinating people because they'll look at this and be like, you know what? It's valuable for me. That's just the world we live in. And that's fine. It's just their audience. If they want to spread it, they'll look at our numbers and be like, yeah, you know what? It's actually in my interest to go on to Curious Gyms. And we're, but we're also attracting a type of person, which it, which is a compliment to me and you. Like, I just feel like, oh, like they see our vibe and they go, oh, I just, I want to do that. Yeah, I want to talk to those guys. Like that's a cool forum. Yeah, like we 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 set it up for them to have a, a fun conversation, and it's it's even though there's that background of like you know we're putting this online, we're trying to get attention essentially, but that's a uh, that's like uh like I said in the background, you know, like we're they they people want to come and they want to talk to us, they want to talk to our audience, they like there's a there's just a vibe, absolutely man, and it's it's so dope. I'm, yeah, I'm like I'm proud. <laughs> it's it's cool. It's really cool, and I like because we 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 have a pretty broad spectrum of of ideas and topics and themes to what the show is becoming and what we wanted it to become. But it's kind of growing its own wings, and we're kind of guiding it. But it's there's been a general theme from whoever we had on. Like we've recorded a few ahead of time and just from even those recordings they're like whoa this ties into the next episode but the guests didn't even know about the other episode mm-hmm. and it's just like the theme is there and it's i guess maybe it's you and me are attracting that or we're directing that unconsciously we're curious trimps that's term <laughs> curious trimps someone said it was a curious chipmunks that's what you thought it was <laughs> like, i can't find it <laughs> yeah man and that's great dude uh, the things i've learned like just there's things that pop up in my head all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, oh, I got that from Steve Maxwell or I got that from Pat Owens or I got that from uh, whoever, even Samuel Finn. There's a lot of um, themes that in my life when I'm training now, I, there's like these these new paths I can go in terms of how hard I push. Mm-hmm. Just referencing back to Samuel Finn, just like, oh, when it's go time, you go. You turn off that mind of negotiation, you just go. Well, I'm going to turn that off. What was that? I think it's just computer notification fucking computer notification <clears throat> I feel like too chilled out to even talk man it's a rap is a hell of a thing man I, I when I first got up I was like I was like this is disorienting and before I even finished the word I'm like no it's orienting <laughs> it's calibrating yeah it's like <laughs> and and honestly like Oh yeah, coffee. More coffee. I'm. I had this constant thank you voice, and it, it's not what I usually feel after I do rapé. So I I feel like I'm doing the work, you know, like something's coming out of it, and it's good. Hmm. It's like for me feeling gratitude, and there's always this double ego game that I'm playing where it's like, am I really feeling gratitude? And then it's like I don't feel gratitude because <laughs> I think I should shouldn't be faking it or something, and it's like it's like shut up you know like yeah. just ch- chill out that's that's a valid concern sort of but like really just just like practice what you preach what you hear you know like part of that ego game is listening back to to old podcasts which i avoid 
Because it's like, why am I listening to myself? But if I listen to it like it's not me, and then, you know, I listen to it, like Sam Finn is a great one for like motivation, inspiration, you know, uh, every, almost all of them are, Yeah. you know, like e- even, even well, sometimes when it's just us and we're just yeah. riffing, it's a little harder to get it into the third person and to really just listen to it for some reason. <laughs> but like, fuck man. Yeah, I, I know. I, it's weird listening to yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it even is. even when you've done this 38 39 times it's just it's like but when you turn that little inner dialogue of critique that's really just the ego and you just listen and flow with it it's like holy shit wow there's some really good insights here something that I can take something that I said that I've maybe have forgotten and then it's like a reminder like oh that's what you were thinking and oh I need to go more on that path mm. you know and there's like we're putting it all out there this is us this is you and me whatever's on our mind is coming out and the David Grillot podcast, the one that's already out when this one's out, <laughs> that one we got emotional, man. And you know, it. Uh, I I want to listen to that one back. I haven't yet. Uh, definitely. I, and I feel like it's gonna be one of those things where it's like I'm doing therapy for myself, and then observing that therapy in a weird way. It's weird. I really, you're like the way you're describing it. I feel it's the same as therapy because it's like you, you start gaining a trust, and then something kind of opens up, something relaxes. It's like holding a yoga posture and then like some muscle or something just like expands like crazy and you feel the difference and you really had to hold it, you know? So the first few times maybe we were tighter or if there's a new podcast, like a if we get like a bigger guest or something, you know, like it's going to be playing in the back of our minds. But more and more we're like, we ease into the effort, we ease into the process. Mm. And then it does become like, again, like therapy, like more honest as you go. And then we gain <laughs> a lot out of it. And I, that's that might be just the only real value we can bring to anyone who's watching is like, we're just capturing that. And the, the, the David one was really cool because it was, it was one of those times when I was like really just enjoying the conversation and not thinking about what does this sound like? Because mm. that always comes back a little bit. And maybe it comes back, maybe that's another reason why I avoid listening to the old ones. Because I'm trying to think, like, unconsciously I'm recording this, like, uh, critique. You know, it's not just that I'm thinking of it in the moment, but I'm also holding on to this, like, oh, that sounded good, how do I do that again? That sounded bad, how do I avoid that? Mm. And I mean, I'm sure you're thinking of Vipassana when I say stuff like that, right? Yeah. It's just like, oh, dude, craving aversion, like, avoid that, avoid that. We're going to say something stupid, we're going to say something cool. We're literally just like uh exposing ourselves yeah and that's that's a big point that you especially on air like when we're recording is trying to tune out of that dialogue and be like no just let it flow even if you sound stupid in your own mind or whatever it's it's 99 percent of the time it's not how it's received on the other end you know for sure i mean like there's there's a few examples different podcasts where at the time i was maybe like winding up a little bit and feeling tighter about it because of how it was going and then i listened to it again after and i'm like oh this was great yeah or of course it helps also that people are like yo that was good you're like a a friend a family member it feels a little uh tilted a little forced sometimes and that again that could just be our own insecurities but then you get people commenting and they're not going to say like oh that was good they're going to say like, oh man, that made me think of this. And then and then. they're just having this like, this like, uh, this emotional, re- this genuine reaction, you know? And then it's so fueling. It's so like, it's, it's amazing. And I, I love that you just said 
I want this to be about gratitude. <laughs> yeah. And it's literally all I was thinking about after the rap. Like, yeah. I didn't know what we were going to talk about. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm confident in the process now. But as soon as that fucking first one hit my fucking brain, <laughs> man, I was just, I just kept hearing, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and I'm not used to that. Mm. So I'm like, okay, like, podcast or not, like, s- s- I'm doing something right. Yeah. I'm doing something right. And that's motivating or it's just nice. It's just like a little less guard yeah. with myself. No, absolutely, Ugh. man. It's And how many times do, do we pat ourselves on the back or maybe just ease off of the momentum we're trying to push ourselves in and just be grateful for ourselves and what we're doing? Mm. That doesn't happen too often. But when it does, it's so sweet and so... Uh, it's like an ease of tension, like you were saying, like relaxing into that yoga pose and just, you know, it's... We need to do more of that. You know, self-gratitude and just appreciating what you have mm-hmm. because it's such a blessing what we have. And know? it comes in waves. Yeah. The things we have come in waves. The gratitude comes in waves. It's just this like... Um, That's a good point. Yeah. And it's it's really important to also, in the moments where you don't feel gratitude, don't demonize those moments either. Those moments are so beautiful in their, in their own. It's just, it's the fucking wave. You know, some moments are like, you're, you're so happy with what you got and then moments you wish you had more or you're just destroyed with what you thought you had or whatever. That's all part of the game, you know? You can demonize both too. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm feeling grateful, I want to I wanna keep the good feeling going or something. And I, and I catch myself kind of like clenching up and mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, when I've done this in the past, I've, I've let go. <laughs> Lately I've been saying like, I, I take my foot off the pedal and then it's like, no, I even take my hands off the wheel. And it's like, that's craving. That's me going, oh, everything's going good now. And it's, there's this, there's this unconscious fear hmm. that it's going to go away and I covet it and I start, I, I essentially pretend it's not going anywhere. And then you, like, you forget about that wave and the wave takes you. Yeah. That I can hear Johnny. <laughs> he, 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 he's just, talked and he said it so many times man it's like you know like whatever like depression or bad feeling you've been feeling lately and, and he, he'll just come in and say you're just on the wave man you're just on the wave like yeah. you're you're on a down yeah. you know he's like maybe i'm on a down two now or i'm on a up but like everyone goes through that every single fucking human being on this planet yes. you know, one way or the other goes on a up and down at the degrees to which are irrelevant there's a comparison makes no sense anyway like everyone knows this stuff we yeah. don't have to go into it but no but you know what it's so important to, to mention it because we do live in a weird culture where it's it's the opposite side. It's the, the, the all is good is what is put out in front of you and, and shown. And it's hard. It's not often you see people be vulnerable in the public eye and stuff like that. And and even that can be tilted sometimes, you know, like you're 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 conscious that you're doing it and you're kind of doing it in like a in a presentable way yeah it's it gets really squirrely man the internet and everything but you're right like i've i've thought about it i'm like where does this come from does it come from me does it come from my insecurities where do my insecurities come from and then you quickly find not to go full victim and full blame but like environments everything and our the biggest environment for us is this fucking rectangle yeah and and you can't help but show you just want to you want to share your successes you know, so you go on the internet and you find all these people who are like, whatever, um, you know, the talking heads of the internet, which are they're, they're a dime a dozen now. Yeah. And we're kind of one of them now, which is super <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's easy to feel insecure in the face of so much success. Yeah. And that's 
That's weird. We're pouring coffee for people who are. We're not like we're not. No, peeing no, one, no one's corner. taking a piss here. <laughs> <laughs> we got Lily in the background taking a piss. Maybe into a cup. Is it <laughs> into a cup. distinct <laughs> sound? Yeah. You see, throw, the derail this for a split second. You saw the videos of. I think it happened during quarantine, but people taught their dogs how to pee in toilets. That's amazing. I did not see <laughs> it's that. It's the funniest thing. The, the dog, they like walked into the washroom. The dog's legs are like, back legs are spread against the toilet. And it's just <laughs> plopping in there and just pissing. And then he walks away. <laughs> amazing. I yeah. love the, the, I've seen like cats, like, like shit in the toilet. <laughs> That's great. And you just hear like that, like that little, <laughs> and then they flush. Yeah. That's the crazy part. That's crazy. They flush their own dukes. Yeah. Wow. That's a good trainer. <laughs> Or a good cat. I don't. I don't think I could ever get my dog Lily to, to figure that one out. I could try, but my friend Jared was trying to teach his cat, and the cat started like shitting everywhere. Oh god! Like it was kind of working, but it's like he it was throwing off his game because he's like I I shit in the box like instinctually, you know. So it's like you're you're obviously trying to show me to shit somewhere else, and then it just kind of like the wires got crossed. <laughs> it's like everywhere. Okay. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's funny. One more shit story for animals. I just found. I just heard this this morning. It was hilarious. This is what our po- our entire podcast yeah, is just going to be shit stories. Gratitude now. and shit stories. <laughs> uh, my friend, my friend uh, told me his cousin has those robotic vacuums that just go around the house, circulating whatever. Uh, Roombas. Room. That's what it's called. Yeah, I love those. I got to get one of those. It's so cool. You're <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and apparently, his dog took a shit. Oh God! And the Roomba just went over it and just started smearing it all over the house. And when he got home, there was just Classic. like shit stains everywhere. And he had to clean the Roomba, whatever Roomba, and open it up. And apparently, it was like a horrific smell and all this stuff. Oh, so yeah, Delicious. that's that's where that that um, technology backfires. <laughs> doesn't doesn't recognize the poop yet. Warning, <laughs> <laughs> danger, Will Robinson. We've mentioned it many times. I've described it many times, but we're far in now where I can repeat ourselves about Rappe because we, we, we did... Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we, we've already said everything we've already said. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. Let's yeah. just keep going. We'll catch something new. Rappe, especially this one, is such a beautiful Amazonian mix of their sacred tobacco, ashes of different plants. Um, most tribes in the Amazon, in Peru, Brazil... Anywhere where they have the Amazon at their fingertips, they these tribes create this rape powder. It's like their traditional powder for that tribe. And what it is is basically, um, it's like a, it's a very, it's the, the tobacco in its most natural form, which is like 10 times the strength of our tobacco. Mm. Uh, yeah, and there's it's not mixed with it's not like no. when people say tobacco they think cigarettes and the, and the cigarettes we have even the rolling tobacco that we have like it's it's, it's there's hot. stuff in there it's like, enhanced it's it's meant to make you addicted even mm-hmm. and always want more and crave and it's just and it's the purity's gone I don't even know what our tobacco is right now it's and the, it's like quick burn paper yeah. that's like treated with something too probably yeah if you ever notice well you quick burn it, it never burns out a cigarette it just goes to the end no matter the temperature I mean if it's like crazy tornado hurricane type <laughs> of temperature yeah it'll just make it burn more <laughs> if it's if there's wind it'll just burn faster and that's not natural that doesn't happen you know that's something put in there to increase it so mm. So anyway, this rape is its purest form mixed with ashes of different plants and herbs. And you basically shoot it up the nostril. Someone usually serves it to you. And what that, they do this in ceremony when they have tribal meetings, when they do ayahuasca, rape is usually paired with it. And the best way to describe it, if any of you have never heard of it or, or planning on trying it, is it's just like deeply centering 
And when I, I don't mean that word lightly, it really is centering and it's hard to illustrate what that means. But I found a comparison is like when you hit that balancing pose in yoga, where it's like a warrior pose or whatever, or the toppling tree pose or tree pose. There's like that brief second where you found gravity direct line through your body and you're like you got the position it's there and you're mindless because as soon as you ever thought you fall off mm-hmm. that's the feeling of rapping it's just like your entire center your balance is like purely lined up and there's just no more room for thought it's just like a meditative state exactly and, yeah, yeah. The, uh, there's this physical like strengthening of like your your spine wanting to be straight yes. in a weird way so there is this literal centering and then that all of that mixes into like all that language is, is on purpose, you know, like there is this, uh, it feels, it feels like heavy, but like in a strong way, not in like a shoulders drooping kind of way, but like in, in this like solidifying way. And, and you feel like, um, you feel like there's a bar going through your body, like from, from sun to core of like, you're just fung. And and the chakra system, it feels like all your chakras are just lining up perfect, perfect energy source and, the flow is just going directly through. Yeah, there's there's a lightness, uh, like a- after the obviously, like at, at first you're like, oh my god, what's <laughs> in my face? Yeah. But then there's this like like um, what's his name? Alan Watts. He he would say like when something's working right, you don't feel it, you mm-hmm. know. So it's not like I'm aware of my chakra so points true. or something. There's just this kind of like air. There's this like flow that's there all of a sudden, even yeah. though there's like a powder in your fucking lungs, you know, <laughs> and you're like, Duh. yeah. <laughs> That's so true, though. It's something's working right. You don't feel it. That's so crazy. And it's like you can use that example for everything. You hit, you bang your your big toe, and all of a sudden you feel your big toe everywhere you're going, and every movement you're like, "Fuck it, it's fucking toe," you know. And but we just take it for granted, you know. All these things are operating perfectly. That's why in martial arts and jujitsu and in anything, when you injure something, I use martial arts because it happens all the time. Is but let's say you hurt your knee. All of a sudden you're so aware of how often your knee is being used in every type of position mm-hmm. rolling in bed i remember when i tore my knee in in wrestling just like tossing and turning in bed like we do all the time was a hassle and i had to consciously do it because any extra movement really tweaked the knee and, and it, was, it changes how you move it might even change how you sleep like forever yeah you, you have this unconscious like sleep uh, awareness mm. You know, like kids used to, like you, you used to, you roll out of your bed when you're a kid because you don't like have it That's yet. That's a good point. I used to wake up on the floor. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. I have people who grab the blanket and just pass out again. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, huh? And I get back into bed. Some people just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so fuck it. I'm here now. I love it. I'm, I'm not an easy sleeper. But yeah, man, it's, it's, and then like, you know, you're in the industry of like uh, physical health and you, you know about, um, what's the wording? like a like compensation injuries you know like you start having like i have an issue with my knee from a skiing thing that was like years and years ago like more than a decade ago and ever since then i've been putting more weight on my left Hmm. like the injury is there so i'm compensating but then the injury is like gone or better and it might even be made better by me starting to put more weight on my my leg again but now it's like my whole spine is a bit different. Yeah. My my QL, my psoas, everything is tilting me one way yeah. because I'm I'm holding it a certain way, and then that feeds back into my foot positions and my my you know the arch of my foot might get flatter. Like it's this crazy it's a chain reaction. Yeah, you know it's a tensegrity. Exactly. Uh, I was just thinking that. that yeah. Fucking who's that guy? Um, functional patterns. 
Fuck yeah, that guy's so, a fucking so genius, man. Most of his information is derived from um, anatomy trains. Anatomy trains. I got the book. Yeah, it's oh, a dry it's, read, man. I can't dry. get through it. It's like you need yeah. to you need to flip through it once so that you know what's going on, and then you like you dog ear or you bookmark and you and you look through it it's, again. It's, it's like, like a textbook. Right? Exactly. It's yeah. yeah. It's too much in one shot. But Steve Maxwell brought that up a lot. A postural integration. That was the term I was trying to remember what it was, and it's basically anatomy trains, and it's the Rolfers. And they do this crazy 10, 10 treatment assessment and th- and treatment on the body where they kind of remove any traumas that were stored in your fascial tissue. And I did one course like that right after, uh, when did it, yeah, at the graduation, like at the final exam of massage, I went up before the final exam to the weekend to do fa- uh, postural integration. Nice. So it was a course, Tom Myers, one of uh, his colleagues was teaching it in Toronto, in Ottawa. And... Dude, I was so fresh from massage. I was just like, just learning like when you're pain, when there's pain here, you work on that area and you release the tension here. And I go there and they're like, no, that pain could be coming from your foot, could be coming from your psychological state from when you were younger or your working habits and your fascias molded your body into that position. And now you have to reteach your fascia to relax back to its original position. And then that's what's going to release your shoulder pain. And you could be working on the rib cage or the hips. And then all of a sudden the shoulder feels better. Yeah, it's, Whereas, like, it's like, just a little more holistic. Yeah, a little more like what is actually this is a symptom. This yes. is always everything is always a symptom, and there's a deeper, 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 deeper until yes. you just until it's so deep, it's no point in even like you. I can't, I can't control that. Yeah, like take take a go 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 do ayahuasca or something. <laughs> like we can't help you. <laughs> and what was so crazy is was that they took took us for as an example. We were a group of like thirty people or twenty people, and we took people to come in front of the class and we observed their posture. And there was this one mm. woman. She was I believe in her sixties. And she would just stand on a tilt with her ear facing the the class. And that was her normal position. And we found out that she was deaf in her other ear. So she needed that ear to hear. So her body, the way he described it was so beautiful. Her body turned itself, her fascial layer turned herself into a giant ear mm-hmm. so she can hear more. So every time she's talking to you, even just in her stance, her left foot's more in front, her right hip's back, and her ear is forward. She's leading with her ear because she can't hear well. So years of, of just... Doing that, eventually her body molded into that position. Years of ears. Years of ears. <laughs> I got that from. Uh, it was like a. It was kind of a mind blowing education. It, it's so funny though. It was like in the the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock Holmes movie. I think it was the first one, but like the, like he's hiding and people are looking for him, and he notices one of them's walking like this, like his head's tilted to the left, and he goes like, "Oh, okay, like I, this guy has like his right ear is hard of hearing or something. Like mm. one of his ears doesn't work right, so he's unconsciously like." literally like just pointing because your brain just notices you're getting less information yeah. from the other one so you're you're like you're reaching yes you know your ears are literally capturing physically capturing the sound and you and you just don't even think about it and then so it becomes your norm yeah it's uh it's something man the body is our canvas you know you can map out an entire person's habits and lifestyle through what their body looks like and that can go very deep in terms of people who are very anxious you can tell how they carry themselves and you can tell people are extra cocky even how they carry themselves and it's not about you need to puff your chest out and that's the stance that you need to take it's, there's no right stance my friend calls it walking around dick first dick first <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you walk like a cowboy you know like your feet are out you know like you might have flat yeah. feet or something but you just you have a you know again we always say what's like the chicken or the egg here but like one way or the other you're you're literally you're, your dick is walks through the door first you know like it's 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 funny. And they call that big dick energy too. <laughs> Coco, bro. <laughs> he gave me that one. Coco, shout out. 
I um, love that guy. But that's we a gotta get him on. That's uh, gonna be a fun one. Hell yeah. That's an interesting one though, is because as a therapist, when you see those kind of patterns, it's not about changing that pattern or removing it. It's just about how to how to enhance and integrate. optimize and integrate. Yeah. Yeah. And it for someone who's like anxiety, we said it on the Steve Maxwell podcast, but like just opening the rib cage and teaching someone who lives out of their chest to breathe through their diaphragm can bring all these thoughts that they never had or that they were suppressing because of the anxiety state. And then when you open the diaphragm and then they can take a deep breath, now all of a sudden their psychology starts changing and their lifestyle Mm. starts to change and mold. And then eventually their body will manifest that psychological state and their posture will improve. And that's the deep connection between mind and body. And it's so powerful. And Mm. Steve really illustrated that. And it rung with me. It's like, yeah, man, it's that connection is so ingrained and so it's not one or the other they they influence each other constantly the mind and the body it's intense man it's uh it's it's like it could even be a wall i like from personal experience lately i've been reading that fucking book there presence process mm. and it's it's not like a normal self-help book like it really gets you to face some shit and there is just like a breathing practice let's say that they that they shoot in like you know early into the book and i notice that it's almost like I I want the feeling of security that comes with that rigid kind of closed, like that panic state. Mm. In a weird way, it makes me feel safer, even though it's like cortisol and like garbage uh, stress that's going to lead to like diseases if I, if I don't nip it now, you know? It feels safer. Yeah. So getting rid of it feels like counterintuitive. So then mm. you kind of hit a wall that you have to climb over or, or whatever the metaphor is, you know, like you, you have to address it maybe if you're like me, you know, like I can't, maybe you don't, maybe it helps to address it, but you're just kind of feeding some, some, you're, you're throwing scraps to the ego so that it, it's, it doesn't stop you. But the truth is maybe you can keep just doing that and feeling better and better and better. And it'll just bleed into everything you do. Well, you hit it from all angles, right? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not attack from all fucking angles? You know, divide uh, and conquer. It's. It sounds like it's a fragile shell. That's that's maybe not the best method is cracking it open, but just like seeing it from different angles, trying the breath work and trying uh, meditating and trying uh, environmental changes and all that kind of stuff, and then the shell starts to open up naturally, and that's usually the most powerful, longer lasting style of approach than just smashing it down and now you're broken. And all of a sudden, it's like, now I got to put the piece back together, but I, I'm already broken, so how am I going to fix this? It's almost like, um, well, I mean, no metaphors are needed at that point. Yeah, it's like your body wants to go back to that shape. I always talk about osteos or chiropractors like doing these like intense decompressions. And if they're good at their job, then they're going to tell you like, okay, like I've, I've like rocked the boat like crazy now. So you have like some freedom. Use this momentum to... to like lay a foundation yes you know like i just dug you the hole but you're just gonna fill that hole up again you know like you're talking that That's, was loud yeah you're talking about um you know like you break the walls or you break like the eggshell or whatever of the ego you don't think about it you put it back the way it was if, if you're in a panic and it's you're suddenly like naked and exposed you just go oh no and you 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 quickly want it to be back to what it was like you don't even think about it you're just like oh i need the shell again and you end up building it exactly the way it was. Yeah. And it, it's maybe a little weaker or a little different or something, but there is this kind of instinct. It's not even the word. It's like just physical memory 
wants to back to its shape, you know, fall right back into old patterns. What what did you call it? Structure? No, uh, postural. Postural integration. Postural integration. Like when I give people uh, posture exercises now, people want to strengthen things. And like I, I used to have that mentality also of just like directly changing the thing. But the word integration is is speaking to me in, in that phrase because what I tell them to do, it's just something I found on like a YouTube video and it, it made me it made me click, you know? It, like imagine you're flexing your rhomboids or something. So you're opening up your shoulder girdle and there's there could be a slew of fucking issues that are stopping you. But a good trick in this instance would be to like let's say you go against the wall or something and you and you get like your good posture. Now start moving your arms. Yeah. You know, like like teach your body that this is the new normal, by new normal by uh, <laughs> by doing movements in it. You know, like you're not just going. I'm fixing this. I'm fixing this, and then it's just going to want to go back because your your life, your environment, your your modality, it's all shaped to that thing. Yeah. Even your clothes. You know, like even your the straps on your backpack are set a certain way. Like everything is shaped to that comfort. Yeah. Unconsciously or or not, and so it's it's a, it's huge to like. That's why I like I like yoga for that opening and that holding and it's great for the body but like something like pilates or or like a vinyasa in yoga will give you this like this movement in these like kind of more extreme it's postures. It's going to integrate it more. Exactly. That's why yeah, if you heard of Eldoas, yeah, you told me about it. I never looked into it too much. Basically, uh, it was an osteo. I think he's from Montreal that he created the system, but the system is it just called Eldoa, this specific one, but it, you see it in so many different type of trainings, but it's pretty much, it's two counter movements. So you're pressing up and you're pushing down at the same time. So you're decompressing your spine and there's like so many different uh, movements that decompress specific discs. So if you want to get like L4, L5, you'll do something very specific. But what it is, is like, there's so much activity happening in the holds. It's not just a passive hold. It's like constant conscious efforts and what's happening is you're basically training your nervous system and your body to to decompress and move. And then that's, it's like integration and stretching all in one. Mm. It's really cool, actually. I feel like that's missing a lot in, in like the, you know, traditional westernized yoga class. There's a lot of good being done and I don't want to shit on it like I used to, but there, there's a lot of cues that people are just not aware of and it completely yeah. changes what you're doing. I remember one time when I was first learning this stuff, I told... This guy, like my, my friend, uh, my friend Zach, is probably listening, I hope. Son of a bitch, I love you. Hey, Zach. He, uh, <laughs> he, um, we were doing a posture and he, he's like pretty fit. You know, he's like a sportive guy. So he's like, I'm not feeling this. And I realized I was doing like this kind of lunge and I had my hands up to make mm. it harder, like with the, the balance. And I told him, I told him like, press your hands together. Like you're catching a sword. Mm. And it completely changed the whole posture for him. Like this activated his like his torso, which made him like for, like realize he was twisting, yeah. and it completely started stretching his hip area in a different way. And he would he just went like oh like he yeah. felt I see I saw it in his face, and he told me after. And I, it's it's just from practice to think of of doing that. And that might not even be the exact right way to do it, depending on your you know your lineage of of, yeah. of yoga, but. No, but it, like you don't see it is what I'm saying. Someone says it, yeah. You know, like you see a guy, you're not going to necessarily see his arms flexing or something, you know. But then someone tells you, and and it rocks your whole idea. That happened to me in yoga a long time ago. I was getting into backbends, so when we do our sun salutations, I would always lean back, and 
I would just go it's so intense, lean back further, further, further. And I was just I was actually getting really far back in my back bend, but my hips weren't even engaged. My my I was anteriorly anteriorly tilted in my hips. So I was pretty much just compressing my lower back. And then I did one class. It was during the 30-day challenge, the 30-day yoga challenge. It's like day 20. And I go for it and I felt like this this like lock. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking about it. So what happened was I was like in so much pain for up to six to eight months, like this pinpoint pain, like at one of my discs. And now after talking with Steve Maxwell, it was also my eagerness and my impatience to get further in my back bend that manifested that lower back pain. And it was just like, yeah, I can go further, go further. And then I realized, no, you have to have stable hips. Everything should be neutral and then start to lean back from the, from the chest, from the uh, sternum and from the spine, not just bending back and my, my abs are disengaged. Yeah. Squeeze the belt and then lean back. And I... I'm telling you, I barely barely moved back a few inches, but that was the correct way of doing it. You're suddenly like, like yeah, yeah, and, but I, it's stable. That's it's, a great example for me too. The same posture, you're yeah. like you're sun salutationing, and you're doing the first like you know lean forward and then lean back. Yeah, and a lot of people throw themselves backwards, and maybe it looks like that, but they're more advanced. Or they just have a different mm. like skeletal structure or, could or also muscular. Be hypermobile. You know? That too. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. But like for me, there there's the ability to kind of just like throw myself even though I might do it a little like slowly looking, mm-hmm. but at, there is a point when like some, like the muscles let go and I'm, and I'm just kind of letting gravity work on me. And mm-hmm. in that position, that's not the best idea. Yeah. And then to, to kind of engage the, the, the locks, you know, like to, to have my core in and up and to have my, my chin, like my neck activated so that my, my, my spine is strong, you know, like yeah. it's not, it doesn't have to be straight, but it's, it's so it knows what it's it's part of what's going on every time every posture like that's what i realize now and i really didn't go far back the first few times yeah. and now even in my practice there's like a warm up the first 2 3 6 times maybe i'm going really not that far back and then it kind of opens up for real yes instead of just falling backwards and that's a big that's the maybe the biggest thing i got from steve maxwell i got a lot of shit from that <laughs> podcast that guy's the man yeah but that the, was- the slow movement is an honest movement Yes. And it's like you can you it's can a conscious whip that. movement too. Yeah, that's true. It, everything becomes yoga. Every everything becomes like tai chi, and it's like this. Uh, it's humbling. It's this admission of what your body is actually capable. Well, you of. You just did it right before before the we we did this podcast. Um, the pull up. Yeah. Adding a five seconds up, five seconds hold, and five seconds down was brutal compared to just doing five or ten sets uh, reps, just pulling yourself up. And when you're doing, and my like, shoulder didn't hurt at all. Yeah. Not even, and I and I went full fireman at the end. Yeah, no pain. Yeah, and it's that eagerness we have in in our training and our day to day life that, especially, it will show on the body quicker than in day to day life. But it will show on the body because you're eager to get to a position. You'll go faster, 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 and it, that's where something's going to give out. It really eagerness, like it's an impatience. I yeah. I do my whole workout like that now, and five seconds up, five seconds hold, five seconds down. Dude, you get bored. Yeah. You just get straight up bored. That's why he talks about his workouts are like 30 minutes, 20, 20, 30 minutes. I know? can't even do, like, you remember I was doing my circuit and I, and I was getting eager about, like, adding the whole thing again? Yeah. Because it's like my cardio is getting there and now I want my muscles to, to get, like, more of a workout. But the truth is I'm, like, I'm snatching, you know? Like, I'm, I'm every, even just in a push-up or, or a, a, you know, like the jump squats, like I told him. And he said, like, you don't need to do that. You, it doesn't give you enough. Yeah. It's not worth it. The, when he said that, I thought about it because I've been doing jump squats a lot in my circuits. And then I'm like, why am I doing a jump squat? What's the point of this exercise? 
is it worth it? I know why I'm doing it because the the video I found online, the guy's trying to burn your muscles out and it's body weight. Yeah. So it's oh yeah. So it's like um, you know, you'll do you'll do pistol squats, then you'll do like a it's they're half bottomed out squats. So like you go halfway up and then down again and then full nice. up again and that's one. Yeah. And then right after no breaks, you're doing jump squats. So like you're tearing your fucking muscle and you have no weights other than your your body. So I see the logic, but if you go full form and you're not looking for height, like my brother would see that and he's like, where's your box? Like jump onto something, mm. you know, like have a, have a goal, like force yourself. And he's really smart about protecting his joints too. Like he won't jump down. He might, he might step, step down. down. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a better way to do it. But if my muscles aren't there yet, if I'm launching myself up and trying to get this like explosion, especially that it's the third leg workout in a row, like yeah. it's not the point. And the point, the point really is to tear the muscle but that's the second like priority the first priority is protect your joints because your joints don't come back i mean you know in a couple of years we're all going to shoot ourselves with stem cells and shit but yeah it doesn't it doesn't mean you're not damaging yourself and i feel it and you, it's about what's worth it too you know what's what, yeah. what's worth because longevity is is the key I, I don't know if you saw Ronnie Coleman. He was on the podcast on uh, Joe Rogan. I didn't watch it yet. We were, I, talk, we were just talking about him and yeah. then he comes on. Man. Was, lo- did, he, did he bring it up a lot? Did they yeah, talk about it? a okay. lot about his pain. And he has all his, he has one disc left. The rest of his spine is fused with three-inch uh, screws in his spine. And the screws are so big and thick that they're pressing onto his nerves so he ah. is tingling in his legs. He has lower back pain. His legs, he has to walk around with a walker. And for those who don't know Ronnie Coleman, uh, he's he was like eight-time Mr. Olympia. I thought it was three or four. He's our generation's Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He really... Incredible. Yeah. And look at Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He's still moving around. He's still all right. Apparently, he's in pain too, but he looks good. Honestly, he does They went, look, they went yeah. fucking balls to the wall. To, be, to yeah. be at that level, you have to give something up, you know. Burning the candle at both ends. But they're they're 1% of the 1%. So they're the 0.1%. And that's to be in that elite group, you can't be there with with being mindful (laughs) to your body. You got to give it all. But now he's in a lot of pain, man. And, you know, hopefully he can get through it. But it's like, I can't imagine that. I don't know, I can't, you're you're really at the top, and you and you know you're sacrificing it. You yes. know you're burning your future for for now. And he was a he was just jacked. He yeah. I I almost puked when I saw his calves. <laughs> he was he was like you know he's he's doing like that. Boo! Yeah, ain't yeah. nothing but a peanut. You know, like he's got all these catchphrases and stuff. He's lifting disgusting weights. I think it was he was uh, leg pressing twenty four hundred pounds. Do you know twenty four hundred pounds is a car? Yeah, he could lift a car. He could just like he can go on the front end where the where the fucking engine is just and just pull. like lie down on the floor and kick a fucking like a. <laughs> That's a different human. Fucking Toyota, <laughs> like yeah, no, it's 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 hard to imagine. Like when you see the mountain there, I forgot his name there, but when you see yeah. him like lifting those Atlas balls, <laughs> and it's like it's pure cement. It's like four hundred pounds. Like, yeah. Oh my god. But he but he's a big guy. He's a massive dude. Like Rodney Coleman. No, he's, not he's particularly short. tall. Yeah, he's like, like five six, five seven, man. Small guy. And you know what? He's he was a cop. <laughs> yeah. And I, when I saw him like locker room, like putting on his blues and yeah. stuff, I was like, oh my god! Imagine that guy is chasing you. Yeah, it's, you know he he said it on the podcast that he had no trouble being a cop. No one no one gave him trouble. He said it one or two times in his whole career. Uh, he had to uh, be a little bit aggressive, but uh. people just. Like, uh, you got me, man. You got me. Whoever <laughs> was aggressive to him was on fucking bath salts, bro. <laughs> yeah. You or blind or had yeah. like had vision issues because yeah. that dude was 
just Google him. He yeah. mutant. Yeah. Nonsense muscles. Like yeah. just every vein was popping out and he would just yeah, like he just looked like he was gonna <laughs> explode. He yeah. looked like the dude from Big Trouble in Little China. Like he was just gonna pop. <laughs> just oh! yeah. so big, it was disgusting, man. He and comes to your window and just asks for your license. Every cop <laughs> should look like that. He's just like he's like a bouncer. Yeah. He just looks intimidating. You just stop all crime in his district. Just by p- putting <laughs> posters of him, like flexing his bicep or something. <laughs> it's funny because he mentioned for his police force, I don't know where he's located, but they had to go through extensive um, uh, schooling and they, they needed like a degree in like, he had a degree in something else and I think it was a crazy uh, protocol to get to being a cop. So he, when Joe asked him about like, uh, what was their violence in like that in your, in your group, said almost never because they knew how to handle every situation. They were really good, you know? And I think that's been a hot topic right now is what's going on with the fucking police and all that stuff. And I think a lot of it is just that they're, I don't know if they're letting anyone be a cop now, but it's just, there's clearly the protocols are not strict or as uh, effective as like an army, an army Marine would be training, you know? Like every, every one of them should be like Spetsnaz. Every one of them should be able to like disarm somebody and like not be afraid of someone if they have a weapon. Like if you, if you have to be like some 20 something year old fucking, uh, you know, you're like, you're still shitting yellow, as they say, like you're, you're just a baby, you're green. Yeah. And, and like, it's a, it's a, a, Rogan says it all the time. It's the hardest job on the fucking planet other than like those crab hunting guys. (laughs) (laughs) Crab fishermen. That's pretty intense too. Yeah. But like you, you get in, so you have a certain like, uh, aptitude with like, uh, your gun and your, and your, your body is a certain physique. And then uh, that's it. You know, like I, I don't have to take my driver's license again. I don't have to, you know, there's things you just get your license and you're good. Yeah. And then these guys start getting fat. They start, it's a stressful job. You're going to get fatter. Yeah. You know, like you have to, you, you almost need like pros available all the time, like, like uh, counselors that are keeping you in check. Yeah. And what's your psychological state? Are you in PTSD or like, what are we doing for the PTSD? Again, holistic, you yeah. know, like you're not just, it's not just about how are you physically well? And like, like when you shoot, especially a pistol, you need to be really calm to have any kind of aim. Mm. It's fucking, it's intimidating. It's hard. It's like, I mean, it's intimidating. It's a gun, first of all, but like it's any, any little deviation is a huge miss, like uh, past like a certain amount of feet, you know? Yeah. And it's, you, you gotta be in the fucking zone, you know? And, and, and it's, it's, they're training you to put your fucking finger on the trigger, like to, to be ready, essentially. You know, you see those FBI guys, when they get yeah. nervous, they put their hand on their, yeah. even if they don't have the gun, it's, <laughs> it's muscle memory. It's, they're just, <gasps> yeah. and that's, that's, that's a human being. That's, that's a fucking, that's somebody's fucking baby yeah. who, who you're training to just be in this fight or flight all the time. And then they have to not kill people all the time. You know, like that's... But imagine the paranoia too, like... Exactly. It, Everyone is an enemy in your eyes. Yeah, look, your fascia is like all set up to be, you're just spring-loaded. Yeah. All the time. I can't imagine, I don't, I would it's, never want to do that job. It's a terrible job. <laughs> I don't oh, know, yeah. You know, but it's, it's scary to see what's happening and what kind of. Is it scary? I, it was only worse, right? It's just all being exposed now. There's, well, that's, that was a big point. It was like, uh, I forgot who tweeted it, but it's like racism, um, what did he say? Uh, racism wasn't, uh, isn't new. It's just being filmed or something like that. I think it was Will Smith. Yeah. And that hit. It's just, now it's being filmed. Now it's being exposed. But it has been like this for so long. And these fucking cops 
some of them with this power hungry mentality or they maybe they were a high school bully or just this fucking asshole person or who knows or, or maybe, bullied yeah or bullied or maybe the job just fucked their mind up and they never had any type of therapy or any type of assessment psychological assessment and mm-hmm. then you see these guys with these fucking f- files on them of previous uh misdemeanors and and uh misconducts and all sorts of crazy shit and then now they 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 finally get caught for the fucking one more thing but then you look at their their folder and there's like 10 fucking things they did you know mm-hmm. where's the where's the due diligence there where's the fucking internal affairs maybe looking at each person you know it's it's uh it's tough man cuz the it's like a brotherhood too yeah you, know? you you're going through a crazy experience and you're doing it with a bunch of other people and even if it's like a person you've never met in, in a, across the world, you know, like, oh, that guy's a cop too. Like, we're brothers now or sisters or whatever. Like, we got each other's backs. Yeah. Right? Like, this is our team. Yeah. And it's, that's fucked up because that's human nature to be in teams. We see it in sports. People get aggressive. You're a Bruins fan. I'm a Habs fan or whatever. We're going to fucking fight it out, whether <laughs> it's physical or verbally. All of a sudden, you're my enemy. Manche- Manchester. <laughs> the fucking hooligans. Yeah. And that's such an issue when it comes to when you're supposed to protect the people. Mm. Now you're against the people in a sense because it's a brotherhood and it's us versus them. But whenever you have an us versus them dynamic, it's always going to fucking fuck up at some point. It's going to get corrupted. It's a, but it's like a, it's like a highly charged kind of parental thing and your ego is, is involved no matter who you are. And I'm, like I've thought about it a lot. I've just tried to imagine myself in that position because I've met some fucking cool cops. Yeah, me too. Who, who've just... They're, 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 they're just not like ruined yet or whatever you want to, I don't know. I don't want to be callous or about it. Or maybe those like, were the ones that are actually um, fit for the job. Or maybe they're just young. Yeah. Or, and like I said, like they're just not, they're not like something didn't fuck them up yet, you know, or, or maybe there's something reluctant about it. They don't want to be a cop. They just feel like they should or something. And maybe that keeps them humble. But I like, know a guy uh, from jiu-jitsu. He's been trying to get on the police force in Quebec and they rejected him. So you try to go to Ontario. This guy is one of the most honest people I've ever met. And like, say what you want about cops, but this guy, like I want him to be a cop. Like, like this guy is fucking moral. He's rational and he's just such a good human. Mm. And he trains jujitsu. He's like a purple belt or a blue belt. And he was telling me, he's like, I go to the, the fucking, uh, the trainings for the police force and none of them know what they're doing. Yeah. They exceed, uh, like he said, he just gives them the arm because he, he like, <laughs> cause if, he knows what to do. Yeah. Like, he's just, he, he just, just slips like, out. Okay. You're taking it. But like, yeah. start on top of me. Let's see what happens. Kind of, <laughs> but it's people like that. Like that's the kind of people that give me hope that there's, there's still some type of positivity that can go into that field, but it's really just about who they're putting in there. You know, what kind of training these people had. Um, if you go holistic again, though, it's like, what what are, is, how man. are they being treated after? Like, uh, like who, who can they talk to? Like, uh, are they getting paid enough to, to take months off and recover if they're, if they're really like PTSD or something, you know, yeah. like imagine all that I just said, plus you're in this job where it's straight up us versus them. Like, it's just, it just has to be that way. You're given authority, yeah. like by the state or the province or the country, like you're, you you're you're not above the law that's that's no one should be but you are the law you're the you're the policy enforcer unfortunately and those policies can be corrupt and that's unfortunate too and it's hard to tell a cop just quit you know like this is my life this is my job it's like telling truckers they have to learn how to program like it's it's not a nuanced argument but you are going to face that dynamic where day after day you're the you're felt you feel like you're the bad guy and you you're trying to do this because you're trying to serve and protect somewhere in your head you 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 want to be the hero yeah and and that can get ugly in the ego and and again and again and again it's like 
these people are not listening to me. I'm the cop. They should listen to me. One, one, one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. One way or the other, you're, you're building that, that you're, you're either going to get defeated and you're going to slip up or you're going to, your, your day is going to turn into fuck these people. Yeah. I'm the cop. No one listens to me, but they got to listen to me. I got the cuffs. I got the badge. I got the gun. I got the siren. I'm the guy. Yeah. You start getting that, that identity. bitterness. Yeah. You know? And how, how do you avoid that? It's your job. Every day they're, I don't want to say like uh, brainwashing you or hypnotizing you, but like everything we do daily is a hypnosis. But everything it's, the, we, it's the scenery too. It's just, that's the, the... It's the environment. Yeah. And then when you go in, all of a sudden, that's the persona that you're... Everyone looks at you differently. And then all of a sudden, it's, you have an authority. And whether you like it or not, the environment's going to callous you into this person of, no, you need to listen to what I have to say, or you have to comply to me. I have this power over you. And it's fucked up, man. It's... It's, it corrupts you so easily. I don't know. I, I can't eva- imagine myself in that position. And I can't imagine myself doing the right thing all the time if I was in that position. Exactly. That's, what, that's when you go, like, I don't want to be a cop. And <laughs> I, I would never do it, man. A lot, of, a lot of times when I think of politicians or police, any kind of, like, authority, anyone who's, like, above. Yeah. Just in one, in one way or another, in a social way, you are above. You have responsibility. In, a, in, a, in every way, you need to have more consequence. And... And for all of that combined, people essentially should be forced into this. If you want to be a cop, if you want to be a politician, we got to ask you a lot of questions. But if it's like um, you are qualified, but you're reluctant, hmm. you're going to do your job better. Yeah. Because you you respect it. You don't want to be there. You know that you have to be there and, and that you do have power. And fuck, man, it's a juggling act. I can't, I just can't imagine. I mean, politicians not even fall into that category anymore because it's all crony capitalism. It's all fucking, it's all just money exchanging hands and and we're just sitting here working and getting our fucking paycheck cut in half. And I don't want to get into that because I'm going to get pissed, but like, let's keep the gratitude vibe going. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The rap is wearing off. (laughs) Let's (laughs) let's find some more. But um, that's just one more point is that in martial arts, a good trained, humbled fighter, uh, I'm not going to, toot my own horn here <laughs> but hey man you're fucking from the years ninja. yeah but from the years of training and all that stuff i the last thing i want to do is get into a fight now yeah and you would think i'm not going to speak for all of us because there is some crazy martial artists that just love it they they crave conflict. not if they're black belts even some of them uh, yeah yeah some of them like they just love it and that's fine there's they're they're the minority in the group and there's usually contained to competition but like they're they're thriving for you to uh, to fuck with them in the street but mm-hmm. for the most of us it's like we have all this contained knowledge and now we understand the holistic view and the last thing any of us want to do is get into a street confrontation and we'll do everything in our power to avoid and it's really fascinating. It's the literally the warrior. You it's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the war. And yeah. it's you know, but yeah. the the worst is thinking that you're one or the other because I. That's why I said like oh no the, the not the black belts you know because I'm surprised like I'm I never put the years you know and I have like a little I have a couple of months of judo yeah. I have a couple of years of taekwondo and kung fu and I, it's it's I'm I'm a baby I'm a white belt in everything you know so. Or maybe a little bit of mm. extra, but it's it's when I when I get bitter, when I get nervous, again, I, we're, if we're looking at it in this holistic way, it's like the the my expectation, what I'm bringing to it, I start I start imagining the worst case scenario yeah. and thinking, 
It's almost like a desire. It's almost like a. It's um, if if you're not in a good place and and you start kind of projecting that that. Um, what's the word? Like that. It's like a vulner. It's like you don't want to look vulnerable, so you're puffing your chest, sort of, because you're actually scared. Yeah. And we all go through that. It doesn't matter who you are. You know. And maybe maybe some people have really seen some shit. They're just like comfortable in that area, but then they're maybe a little stuck in the fight or flight all the time. So again, there's there's a lot of ways to go down that conversation. But I just start picturing these like fights and it's it's a weird thing that comes with doing martial arts where you where you think of the actual physical consequences and you're you like i think of my injuries a lot like i think yeah. if i get punched in the head once or twice like i'm it's not good i've had some concussions well, that's, and it that's the knowledge feel... that you attain right and then you realize how dangerous it is you know yeah it's a it it's based on how i'm feeling it it oscillates between a deep respect and a and a knowledge that i could really hurt myself yeah. or hurt that person yeah and then and then that that same fear that same respect can turn into a fear and then i become kind of outwardly aggressive hmm. so it's it's i think at any stage of the game there's two sides to the coin so you got to like really be di diligent and really you need support we all need support man yeah. that's that's a lot of that gratitude i was feeling earlier is just like the stuff around me I have like certain skills. I have certain things I can bring to the world, but I don't know how to fucking make a bottle or a lamp or even fucking muffins. Yeah. You know, and I can, it's, it, there's just so much reliance. I was telling this to um, my, my friends last night that someone told me about this book. I got to find the name of it. Uh, I'm going to ask my friend, but it, it was a gratitude book and it was, this guy went on a quest to thank every single person involved in the cup of coffee he ordered. And when he went down that line, I think it was like a thousand people he had to thank. And he had to thank the driver, the truck driver who brought the coffee to the store, the, the everyone in the store, uh, the farmers who sold that to the middleman who sold it to the truck driver, the wholesalers. And then he had to go to the to the farm. I'm, I'm really condensing it, but he went to the farm and thanked the farmers and then the producers of that and then the people got all the equipment for the farmers and all. And it, it ended up being like a thousand people involved in this single cup of coffee. That's intense. Yeah, and it's really intense. And that's what I told him last night. I made the comparison. is like that is what we can offer the world by fixing everything internal or, or, or self-reflecting on everything internal as much as you can, we're going to make mistakes, we're human, but by, by working in a, and objectively looking at yourself and always checking your ego in and seeing how can I be this better, do this better, or do that better, how can I improve myself, you're going to have that thousand people effect. Whether it's just that one moment you smiled at the stranger just because you were in that good mood because you just, you worked through some shit and that person, oh, that person smiled at me. And then he goes home or she goes home and all of a sudden a little bit nicer to the next person and there's a fucking thousand person effect, even more than a thousand, I'm just throwing that number out. Yeah. And that is the power we have as individuals. And all comes down to self-reflection and observing the in internal that so many of us, me included, everyone included, avoids. Mm. Because it, it can get away from you. It can get big. Yeah. A thousand people, like you're saying, you know, like um, it can be kind of intimidating, but it doesn't have to be because like, I, I keep telling myself this quote and it's going to fucking sink in one day. But Jack Cornfield says, tend to the part of the garden that you can touch. Yeah, man. And it takes the pressure off. There's so much that we can think about, about how we affect things. And it's this butterfly effect, like a uh, rabbit hole. That not isn't necessarily bad. I guess it just depends the kind of person you are. It can it can go dark, and even if even if that doesn't matter what kind of person you are, it's like the it's the fi flipping through Facebook effect. Eventually, you're just full of cortisol. Eventually, it's just too much, and you're you don't know what to do. 
And that's where this kind of karma yoga mentality comes in, where it's like you have a kind of reality tunnel. You have like a box set. You have like a, like there's things you can do and things you can't do. So at least focus on what you can do and then start playing with what should I do? What do I want to do? Like, that's a great point. It's fucking necessary. Yeah. For every, for the cops, for us, for, for every single person, like you can, you can shoot a smile, even if you don't feel like it, you know, you can just go like, I know the effect that this will have. And, and it's a minimal effort thing, you know, and, and you're, you're making that guy's day or just making his day a little lighter. You don't know what the effect's going to be and nor does it matter. You know, smiling at the guy just for the sake of smiling, you may, if you zoomed into his life, you may have just brightened up his whole fucking week. Mm-hmm. It, but it all came from you just focusing on what, on being conscious of your everyday actions and internal dialogue and all that. And there's so many moments that I just, you pass someone and you don't even think about it because you're in your head, you know, and we're all in our heads and we're all just operating on these. Resting bitch face. Resting bitch face, yeah. You, you, I give people a fucking look sometimes and then, and I feel like I crushed their day. <laughs> like I fucking ruined it. I don't, I don't, maybe I'm, you know, playing a game in my head. Like yeah. I don't have that kind of power, but if someone's in a vulnerable place don't even know, man. and you shoot don't them daggers. Know. Yeah. Like, fuck man. How many times where someone did something to you and it actually benefit, like it actually gave you this intense boost of energy all of a sudden. And it could, it's just, I have this neighbor and we've never spoken more than, Hey, how's it going? Oh, great. You, but every fucking time I see him, it's the same smile. He's like, he's like, like, like I'm his best friend all of a sudden. And I, for five years, I see this guy and we're, I love him to death. But all we've ever said was, hey, and how are you? Good, take care. But it all really started from him. He was that he, that's his energy he puts out. And every time I see him instant, I'm happy. I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah. And I look forward to seeing him when I walk my dog. And it's every day. And it's like, fuck, man. That's, that's adding a little spice to my day. And every day that's happening. And that's the energy he's putting out. You know, whether he's probably, everyone has bad days, but he's still that same smile and everything. Mm. And another time I was walk, uh, walking with my buddy in, uh, around the area and this guy's jogging and he's like, oh man, the weather's beautiful today. It's beautiful. And he just kept running and we got boosted just from that. It's so simple. We got boosted and we got like, yeah, that guy's amazing, man. <laughs> and strive to be like that guy. And it's things like that. It's such an effect. We see it when it happens to us, but we don't envision we doing that to someone else because that's the ego and it downplays yourself. But it happens mm. all the time where you, if someone boosts you up with like a smile, you're like, oh, I fucking feel good, whether it lasts an hour of the day. But we have that same effect on others. You know, we, we look at ourselves through these like this minuscule lens, like that we, we don't have an effect. We really do. And whether you see it or not, it, when someone does it to you, you feel it. So it's, it just carry it on like that, you know? It's this weird, I got this from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but this guy, this, it's such a good episode too, because it's like uh, Buffy's in, like waiting for this vampire to like pop out of the grave and he ends up being a guy from her school. They know each other. <laughs> and then he's like a psych major. So like she ends up just sitting there and like talking to him for a while. And he's like, oh, like you're the, you're the one who's here to kill me. And she's like, yeah, but like, it's not, I don't like doing this, you know? So they, they kind of have like a nice conversation. It's a really weird episode. It's a good show. Joss Whedon, man. Joss Whedon for the win. Fucking love that guy. And, uh, and she, he brings up this, this, uh, he, he like kind of nails her complex, which is that she has, uh, like an inferiority complex, but she also has a superiority complex. Mm. Like she is the slayer. She has work to do and she knows that she's the only one. So she's like amazing about it. But then she feels bad about the fact that she has to recognize her power. 
So we have these weird complex dynamics sometimes where we feel like shit. Like we know we can do something. We know we have power. And then we're like, who am I though, really? And again, it's like 10 to the part of the garden you can yeah. touch. You have, you have all the power in a square, in a fucking postage stamp. But that you're touching all the other gardens. Yeah. You know, like you, if you let the bugs re- eat your fucking thing, then you're going to fuck up other people's plants, you know? And like yeah. if you if you like try to steal the sun or cover something, then like you're going to maybe help yourself for a little while, but then you're going to fuck up the other guy and he's going to have to do something to, to fix him that might fuck you up. Now you're getting into like the karma realm. Yeah. So it's it's this... It's a sweet spot, essentially. If you focus on the details, you can go in, inwardly, infinitely. And if you focus on the bigger picture, you're going to drown and get stressed out kind of thing. You know, like mm-hmm. the person who's swimming in the ocean, if he just keeps imagining how big the ocean is, he's going <laughs> to fucking give up. He's going to yeah. die. And, and if every fucking drop of water is intimidating you as well, then you're, you're, you're losing yourself in the, in the minutia. There's just this sweet spot that we need to talk about more because it's not available. It's not on... It's, it's, it's not in social media. It's not on the internet. It's, it isn't the internet. You know, it's like the internet is the antithesis of what I'm talking about. You, you just get all the, the levels of, of zooming in and out. And then every now and then maybe you watch a show on Netflix or something and it's that, it's that sweet spot. But this is just you watching a show. Like you're, yeah. you're turning your brain half off and you're, you're consuming whatever's in front of you. I've been watching Community again lately and I love that fucking show. And it's just like people in a school... And it's that sweet spot. It's the people around you. It's a, and it's familiar. You could watch it again and you can binge and you can all those, all those kind of negative things. Not necessarily negative, but yeah. it, it's, it's a quantity, quality and quantity uh, dance, you know? It's easy to tune out. Yeah. And, and we're, not, we're not tuning out. Tuning out is restful. If you tune out, if, if you tune in, like meditation is what I'm thinking of. You're, like you're, you could be stressed out because you're, you're relaxing, air quotes, like reading a book or, or watching a TV show, but you're not relaxing. Your body is relaxing, but your, your mind is going off. Yeah. And for me personally, I can't fall asleep when I watch something. I'm focused in, you know? But when you're meditating, uh, the presence process, again, the, I love this book. The, the guy I keeps saying, this book, man. do it. You gave it to me, and now I'm reading it, and well, you're not. I got to give a shout out. Bianca gave it to me, which I gave to you, which I haven't even looked at yet. But it's a it's an incredible book. But the the guy says meditation is not about feeling better; it's about getting better at feeling. Mm. And I was like, ooh, because as soon as you're practicing, you hit all those speed bumps, right? Yeah. And and to sit there and be like, that's the point. Like, just feel that. If you're chasing the the bliss, that you're fucked. You're just fucked. That's you got to find that out yourself there. But like, it's it's that's the tough. David lesson, even right? talked about it. Yeah. You know, like having these ayahuasca ceremonies and and the, the first time. And for a long time after, it was just this like awakened energy, this alpha brainwave state. And I just feel good. And then he starts, the ego starts building on that. Yes. The ego is going to take whatever you do and build on it. So you got to really be mindful about that. That's your environment. That's the inner environment. Mathieu talks about that, the spiritual ego. That's yeah. When that forms, that's a tough one to break down. It's interesting. Yeah. Because... I mean, it's, it's talked about, it's becoming its own cliche, but yeah. it's, it is fucking subtle. Yes. Fucking what, subtle. And it's insidious because you think you're, you're on the right path. Yeah. You're doing it right. And that's the, that's the beginning of the spiritual ego. I'm on the right path. You're, you're getting into yoga, spirituality, whatever, ayahuasca, like you're getting into those things because you feel something's wrong. Something needs to be tweaked. When you start feeling like you're fixing something, one way or the other, you're like, oh, this is working. I'm on the right path. I am yes. right. You are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Come to my side. It's like, no, bro. No. The, it's never comfortable. 
It's never I'm winning. It's never this is perfect. It's like I'm glad I'm doing the work. I can let go more now. Someone right next to yes. me, my neighbor, my f- my f- son, my father, my my sister, my mom, my my cousin, my friend. Yeah, they have their path to walk. I'm gonna be there to catch them. That's it. That's all. You're there for them. Yeah. Not for their practice, for their betterment, for their f- the future you're imagining for them. None, none, all of that is ego based. No matter how like well intentioned it is, mm-hmm. it's bullshit. Yeah. You have to catch them when they fall, and it's inevitable. And you you just cross your fingers that someone's there to catch you when you fall because it just happened. We're all on that fucking wave, man. Have you ever seen that video? It was a beautiful animation. I'll try to eventually. I'll try to find it, post it on our <laughs> Facebook page. But it was a. Uh, it was like an animation that I think they were made out of clay even. And it was just a circle of people around like uh, an indent in the floor. And then in the middle was a little island. Oh, yeah. It was like with, a stop motion thing. With soup, right? Yeah. And they all had giant spoons and they're all going to try to get the spoon and they're fighting each other. And they can't give themselves the soup because the spoon yeah, is long enough to get the soup, but yeah, not long they, enough they, to give it to themselves. So they, so they end up fighting each other and then one person smacks the other person's spoon and it snaps. Or it falls down the hole. Something like that, yeah. Because there's like a well around, yeah. like, a, like a donut, but in the center is the spoon. It's a really complicated visual, but like... If you see it, it's like, oh, yeah. anyway, I keep interrupting. I love that fucking. It's, it's, but basically what it was, it was just showing that because they were trying to fight for the, for the, for the soup, they're all hungry. And so one person either it breaks or they lose their spoon and then doesn't get to eat and starts to cry. And then I think one of them just figures out, oh, my spoon's long enough. I can just give it to you. So then he feeds her. And then all of a sudden they all look around and like, oh, that's what this is all about. And they're all just feeding each other. And it, that's the fucking way it works, man. That was a good, I think I remember, I don't know if I'm remembering it wrong, but like when they're bickering at the beginning, the, um, it's this combination of like that one of the guys loses his spoon. It's like, oh, like that guy has no spoon now. He yeah. can't get, he can never get it, even if we figure it out. So this one, of, like this one of the, the people, one of like this woman, she has this like deep empathy. And then as the other ones are bickering, they almost knock the soup down. Yeah. And then she just goes like, okay, <laughs> like we're being stupid. Yeah. We almost lost the soup and yeah. this guy can never get soup again. And then like, I think someone broke a spoon and then maybe was able to pass it or something. But uh, anyway, they did. It, it, it's, it's very profound and very, it's not simple because it's a metaphor. It's this, it's this allegory analogy. I don't know the, what the words mean, but it's the solution it makes you go like, oh God, like yes. I'm living wrong. It's one of those like it's, quick videos online where you're like, oh no, it like really a, is about yeah. selfishness and selflessness are are two sides of a endlessly spinning coin. Like, what we spoke about too is community, you know, and being there for each other and forming that, that tight bond in the group, you know, and that the, if you want to narrow that whole theme down to just something simple is giving paying it forward mm. and and giving for the next person that's the general theme but like sammy said uh, that video goes so you can apply that to every moment in your life let's talk about community for a bit because that that's elusive for me you know like i i always talk about wolf lab with audrey and like i'm so happy for them and what they're doing and and in many ways i'm like jealous or i i, I envy it i want to have something that i'm passionate about and then i find other people that are passionate about it and then we work towards it. Yes. And then it's like, it's it's not always that close. You know, like in a way we're all in the human community so you can extend a certain courtesy to everyone. But there's also things you want to do and things you kind of identify with or want to become and then you want to look for those people that are going to propel you in that direction or at least help you. 
and other people are stepping stones and you have to let them go. Like there's so much nuance there. My friends, uh, Gina and Ramsey are in this thing called uh, Alpha and they, they meet up and they talk about religion. They talk about Christianity. It's and a big group or? I, I don't think it's huge, but okay. it's been going on for a long time. And it's like an open forum of like, hey, like we are very spiritual and we believe in God, but like, let, like they, for them, the context of, of Jesus is familiar and it's their, it's how they were raised. It's what they want to explore, but they, they're free to ask questions and to yeah. challenge it. And, and they've grown so much just from having that, that community. And I really want to find something like that. And in a weird way, I feel like I might be just building it all the time, whether I'm aware of it or not. And, and I'm thinking about what hinders me also, you know, like living in a certain place, having a certain job. I, it's, it's something that's always on my mind. Yeah, and I think it's so important to have that sense of community because it's so easy to feel alone or isolated or you're the only one going through X problem or whatever. It's destructive. Yeah. It sucks. And that isolation, especially right now with this whole COVID and the, and the, um, the, the isolation we're all forced on, this, <laughs> this is a, a moment where community is so necessary. And I think we're all realizing how powerful community really is. The BLM thing blew my mind, man. Yeah. The, the whole world was like, no. Yes. Like, last straw. Like, this fuck you. Yeah. And however you might feel about that, that's amazing. I keep saying it's like we're testing out the phone system. You know, like uh, <laughs> like Mishu Kaku and, uh, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, they talk about like... The uh, type one. The type one civilization, yeah. exactly. And, and for a type one, it's that you need uh, the phone system. You need, we, we need to communicate as mm-hmm. a whole to get to type one. And yeah. that's what we have is the internet. And we used it yes. for, for better or worse. We used it and, and everyone was like, we love each other. You know, like we, mm-hmm. we need to do better. And forget the talking, po- the talking figures of our, of our society and our culture. No, we're speaking as a collective and this is what we feel. And that's the power of the internet. Yeah, like a decentralized yet ubiquitous like, uh, like omni-human voice yeah and like hey we're not being represented let's fucking speak up together and the together i'm saying is the whole world literally spoke up together yeah it's, you, was it was it you who sent me the dave Chappelle yeah, thing? yeah man the was it 846 or something 846 or? i believe and he said he's like he's like someone was telling him like hey what, what's your he doesn't need us yeah he's yeah, i don't like, need to say anything what's your to, what's They're your take about this he's like he's like let them fucking them. They don't, no one wants to hear what uh what, like will i am has to say or whatever your favorite comedian has exactly to say. yeah it's like i'm gonna step out of this one yeah. like they'll they'll the streets will speak for themselves yeah, and man. it's like Chappelle's he's, awake, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's like tuned in and turned on, you know, so it's, yeah, I'm not surprised. He's but been I like that for years and, yeah, that's it. you know, and he said it best, you know, to sum up this entire movement and what's happening in the world, that Chappelle clip, it, like I had to listen to it like two or three times and I, I actually teared up the first time around because it was so pure, so truthful and so deep and honest and just the facts are the facts and the way he he f- formulated his sentences and his imagery it just you can't even refute a second of that video and it's just like fuck yeah man this is what it's all about and this is what the message is you know he's a bit of a a demagogue like he's a bit of a like he it's his job to be a, a speaker yeah so it's dangerous sometimes that he has that power to be irrefutable but he said a great point he said the reason he realized this made him realize why he want people want to speak is because they trust him and he, that's, and even more 
to his to his ability to be trusted, he kind of like refused yeah. the call. Yeah. He's like, no, now is not my time. Yeah. And then again, he's saying that on stage. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it's it's weird. Yeah. But it works. I don't know. I'm I'm just a fan of him. So it's like I have like Chappelle goggles on. But fuck me too, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's the fucking street speaking in in his terms. And this as I say, the street speaking, that's like the fucking whole world. There's like protests everywhere. And it's because it's time. It's enough of the bullshit. I want to be heard. I want to speak out. And this is what the fuck's wrong. And this is what's got to change right now. Not tomorrow. Not the next day. Not yesterday. Right now. Or it should have been yesterday, but it's right now. Hmm. And you're seeing, it's incredible to see. And you know, there's people uh, fucking trying to rationalize these things. Like, oh, why do you have to tear down these stores or whatever? Say what you want. The message is getting heard. There's always... You know? People are always going to fluctuate to to a different like levels of the of the perspective. It's like red herrings, right? It's like oh, you're doing this. For, look at the message. Look at what's what's trying to be said, and try to put yourself in the position of not being heard for so long. You know. And but the the crazy part is everybody feels that way. Yeah. The 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 black lives matter thing is i mean i'm a white guy I'm, i don't want to talk about this i feel very uncomfortable already but <laughs> they're the poster child yeah they're the freaking if you want to talk about police brutality and wealth disparity it's 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 something that affects everybody and i don't want to do this all lives matter versus black lives matter it's such a fucking stupid button yeah. keep your catchphrases the the point is we keep talking about the holistic side of it. And when you look at those two things, then you start talking about politics, the economy, uh, physical and mental health. Like you just, you can't, everything is fucking connected. Yeah. And you, a lot of people are trying to attack the branches and a few people are, are like punching the trunk, but you have to, a lot of people like us, it may not be useful yet, but we're just pointing at the roots. That's our job. Yeah. We're the idealists and we go, no, if you want this to be fixed for good, you got to ignore the symptoms almost or use them as a roadmap. And a lot of people are just not ready to hear that. You want to fix the thing because the people are suffering and that's valid, but, but that, that's it's just going to come back. And that's a Vipassana mentality. And that's what we've been talking about, holistic approach. If you don't fix the roots or pull the roots out and, and plant new roots... The, the branches that you cut off and, and, and decorate or whatever, those roots are still at the core. And when the, you look at nature as an example, we're talking about Vipassana because that's how you, that method is going to the roots of your psyche and fucking taking out the negatives or negatives of the traumas and, and starting fresh roots. If we don't do that collectively, those roots will just spring up new branches. It might take 10, 20 years. It might look like the solution is here, but it's not because the roots are still there. And that's a tougher one to really look at, you know, and that's, it's very, very difficult to, to look past symptoms and go to the roots and go through to the core. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the hard work, man. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's also, there's also just a fear of deviating the conversation because a lot of people are suffering yeah. directly. And there's also narratives. There's also just the way it's being presented. A lot of people like me who aren't living this at all in any real way. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just like, that's my opinion or my non-opinion, you know, like my, I, I always joke. I say my ass hurts from sitting on the fence so long. <laughs> like it's, just, what the fuck do I have to contribute to this? Yeah. You know? So it's, it's squirrely. 
It's it, just fucking squirrely, man. I'm like, a, I'm honestly afraid to like dissect it more because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, call it a fear or a humility or something, but it's like, there's so much, you know, th- there's this phrase I always come back to from uh, the movie Four Rooms. I've probably said it on the podcast already, but uh, it's a, it's Four Rooms is a movie from four different uh, directors and it's that it's the guy from Pulp Fiction who who gets up and robs everybody in the diner at the beginning. I forgot okay. his name. He was the dude who, who gets shot. Well, I mean, everyone gets shot, but the the dude from um, Reservoir Dogs. Spoiler. Alert. Oh yeah. Oh, it's true. I didn't it's even make guy, that man. connection. Wow, it's true. What yeah. What the fuck is his name? Damn. Anyway, um, he plays like a bellhop in a hotel, and in the Tarantino room, obviously Tarantino's in it also because he always puts himself in his movies. But he says this fucking line that I'll never forget. The less a man makes declarative statements, the less apt he is to look foolish in retrospect. And it's, it's, it's pretty much calling people out on their cowardice. Hmm. It's like, you don't want to look stupid, so you don't want to be polarizing. You don't want to have to admit, you don't want to backtrack. You don't want to backpedal. Because backpedaling hurts. Yeah. You will double down on your mistakes, even though you know it's a mistake because you don't want to look foolish. And it's like, fuck, man. I, it stops me from talking, mm. which could be a good thing sometimes. In this case, I, I don't have a fucking, I don't have a, what's the word? I don't have a, a horse in the race, Yeah. but I have like stock in the racetrack, let's say. Like we're all humans, yeah. you know? Like it's, it's hard to, it's hard to govern that or balance that. So I don't, I don't know. It, it is, but it, I, yeah. I, I'm lost for words in that whole situation because I don't know where I stand. I, I don't know where I place in the stand, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Am I in the race? Should I throw the race on purpose? <laughs> like, it's a very confusing <laughs> yeah. analogy. Yeah. <sighs> analogies. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Fucking analogies. But uh, they definitely get points across sometimes. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's useful. Our brains need to chew on shit, man. We can't just, some, like some people, you, you can't just hear the direct thing. Because yeah. it doesn't mean anything to you. We need stories. What I heard that in the David Goggins book. He was saying people learn from, from like reading, like from script, from analogy, or from doing, I guess. Like it's like the only three ways you learn. It was a really I, cool thing. I learned from analogies and doing. Reading, I, I've realized it. And hearing actually is, a, I guess that's... It's slightly different than reading, but... Well, story. He yeah, said that story. was the word okay. he used, was story. That resonates with me, but text, read, uh, read and integrate doesn't work for me. I tried for years in schooling and all this stuff and just reading books. I have so many books that I've read, but ask me about them, I can barely remember. But when I hear something, the key points from the, the Ronnie Coleman podcast, I have so many in my mind that I can shoot back out because it absorbed. Yeah. And that's a bigger thing is when you, when you understand how you learn yeah. And what works for your mind and your brain and your fit, whatever. That's, you know. You know what's a cool trick too? Because I have, the, I think a lot of us, unless we're practiced readers, we're like, if you're practiced, you're going to remember like 50% or more. Mm. And, you know, kudos to those people. But <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a big reader. I never was really. Mm. And the thing that's helped me the most, I got this from my friend Christopher. I hope he listens. I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, but he, he said, when you read a book, especially like a nonfiction, like the four hour work week or something like you, like something that's informative, you should have a second book, like a notebook. And as you're reading, you're writing. 
yeah. and you're you have post-its maybe like you damage that book right in the book highlight like fuck that book bro yeah you could push a button on amazon and get another copy if you it's need true. to fucking wreck that book and but integrate it into your brain mm. that's why that's why the bullet journal is so cool i really hope we did we get this guy on but the yeah. the idea of what's like, the name again let's put a little shout out Ryder carol what a Ryder cool Car- name yeah, yeah. He looks like he kind of looks like Jarl Bernhoft. He's like a musician that I like, and they okay. they, they look similar. Anyway, random thought. Get him on. <laughs> Jarl? No, no I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the the idea of solidifying something because the way the bullet journaling works is like you 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 transmit a lot of knowledge. Like you you move a lot of things. If something is like not done today, then you move it to tomorrow. And if it's something that's not important now, then you put it in this kind of like futures agenda. So you, it's not forgotten, hmm. but it's not pressing. And the fact that you're right, you're writing and rewriting things. You just repetition. You just re, you listen, you repeat, and you remember. That's that's Co- how humans work. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it also feels oh, like I this, will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but this bullet journal. Oh, I'm definitely not wrong with this, but correct me. <laughs> this bullet journal uh, is pretty much a book of mindfulness, and the reason things stick more is because you're creating it to the way you works best for you. So you're literally spending all the time creating the boxes, creating the spaces and then filling it out. So there's so much, instead of just buying like a normal journal where everything's just preset and you're just filling out information routine, which takes two minutes, Mm -hmm. this you're handcrafting this to your specifications. So there's a lot of intention and mindfulness built into this this uh, structure nothing to correct i i would add actually i i mm. definitely agree with you like the act of writing i have a separate journal that's just kind of like a free form like yeah. what did i do today or how do i feel or a to-do list or i want to write something to someone and i want to rough draft it like that in itself is m- a mindfulness practice okay in the in the day and age when everything is next 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 that is just sitting down even drawing you know, like people do coloring books, like adult coloring books. Just yeah. the act of doing one thing for a long time is in itself the definition of a mindfulness practice. Yes. It might not be a deeper meditative whatever, blah, 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 but it's still very beneficial. But then you're right. The fact that you you invest in it by tweaking it for your needs, by actually having to do all the boxes on a calendar instead of just slapping a fucking, like you print a calendar, there's a little extra, like you, the the big thing I find with bullet journaling is in many ways, you're zooming out on your own life and you're seeing the bigger picture. You start seeing patterns. You could have, you can even integrate habit trackers. You see the, the year at a glance, the, the month at a glance, the, the, the week at a glance. And every week you make a new one. Every month you make a new month at a glance. And it's literally this, they call it the bird's eye view. Mm. And that's useful because you see, you can jump to last week, tracks. two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a more subtle mindfulness of your life. You know, and I've brought it up in the podcast. In yoga, they talk about this like 12-year cycle. And in the, in the presence process, they talk about it in seven years. Okay. And it's this idea that if you can master the cycle, then you master your life. And Aubrey Marcus talks about owning the day. Yeah. Every day is the day. You know, like uh, Janis Joplin says, like, it's, it's all today, man. Yeah. There is no tomorrow. Like we, yeah. we've, seen on, we've seen the terrain. Tomorrow doesn't fucking exist. It's all today, man. Synchronicities, man, because that's been a repetitive uh, mantra that not just you're saying right now, but all of my friends are, we're talking about. It's like, no, it's today. Like, 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 forget tomorrow. Like, what are we doing right now? Let's go train. Let's do this right now. Like, how are you feeling at this moment? Stop planning for the for the illusions of tomorrow. Obviously, tomorrow is going to come. 
because uh, so far, 10 out of 10 times it's happened, but you don't really know. Mm. But what you know is this present, present moment, what you can change and do and, and apply. And that, and it's fully informed by your past and your future. Yeah. So you don't have to stop and think about the past and future. I mean, you can if you want, but it turns into rumination and worry for a lot of people. Like, it's not people, if, if someone gets like too intense about that advice and takes it too literally, <laughs> then it's a cop out. Yeah. You just want to be in the present in a, in a half-assed way. Like you have a foot in the door thinking that you're, you're present because you feel present. But you might not feel present in the present and that's your present. So you now there is something, your energy is being taken into the past or the future and you need to address that. And you if it's just worry, then yeah, just let go of it. Yeah. Just do whatever your work looks like, you know, if it's therapy or yoga or something, something, you know, but there, if you're pulled to think about like a, a birthday coming up and you need to yeah. get a gift, like that's not, you're still in the present. It's yeah. okay, guys. Like, yeah. it's, that's when you take it too literal. Like you were saying, that's like, that, that's the present moment is that, that anticipation for that day coming, but it's because it's meaningful to you, you know? In, in yoga, they talk about rajas tamas and sattva sattva is like the the perfect way to do things the center space sort of and rajasic is like too intense and tamasic is too dull and if you're taking something at face value super literally that's tamasic you're you're you don't change the recipe but you're not seeing what's going on mm. and then rajasic is like you're changing the recipe yeah and then you're not going to get the same thing but if you're being honest and centered about it you might have to change the recipe but like a lot of fitness trainers will say, like, find something that works, even if it doesn't work that well. You don't know until you try it for a long time. Stick to it. And then apply the consistency. Yeah. And, and, the and, and the modifications come through an honest experience through that consistency. Yeah. And that... Then that's adaptability as well. Yeah. And it, I mean, we're talking about it like it's simple, but it's kind of like a fingerprint for, for each person. But it, oh, do, yeah. it just comes out. It is simple. It's just that you, you, we want control over it. We want to be able to get ahead of it and not make mistakes. And it's like, mistakes are the thing. Yeah. And, I, and it's, I have to tell myself that over and over. The mistakes are the most valuable part. You know, we forget that, man. We forget that all the time. And David Goggins is like, that book is just constantly like, fuck up, bro. Like, fuck up yes. on purpose. Look for the, what are your insecurities? What are your fears? Drive at 100 miles an hour towards them. Because then you're just going to, like, you like you might die. Like, you will make mistakes. Big mistake. You might hurt somebody. You might fuck up your life, your finances, your body. Who Good. knows? But you will learn fast. So many lessons in that. All the lessons. Yeah. All the lessons. <laughs> There's no lessons of when you're on top. Only gratitude when you're doing well, when things are going good, which is nice. If you're smart. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, you when there's gratitude, it's enjoyment, whatever. But the gratitude came from those fucking mistakes and those pitfalls and all those wrong turns. And then when you get to the destination, even if for a brief moment of gratitude, and then you go right back in the fucking wheel and do it all over again. That's such a cunt. I can't get, <laughs> I can't get over that. You know? It's like there's no top. There's no steady. No, there's It's none. like a pyramid. Like the, the higher you get, the wobblier it is. So you have to like either settle for mediocrity and there's a sort of stability, but you're kind of always a little vigilant. So you have like a stability. That's kind of a contentment. That's like what the Buddhists are practicing essentially. But like, do you want that? <laughs> do you want to shave your head and just like like do walking meditations all, all day? Some or do, do you want to have big ups and big downs and, and you just kind of go with that? Yeah. You know, like you're surfing. You know, like it, it's, 
Yeah, man. I don't know. But that's that's where we are. That's where our placement in this planet is. We're clearly in this position to, to experience those ups and downs. And they talked about in Vipassana. There's the, there's the homemakers, you call them. Then there's the monks who, who've given up everything. But if you're a homeowner or a homemaker, whatever they call you, that's your that's your karmic purpose in a sense. It's not about escaping that that lifestyle to, to reach enlightenment. It's about finding the enlightenment in this tough lesson that you're given, mm. a tough environment that you're given. You know, it's not that the monks in, the, in Tibet or wherever, they're the only ones that can reach enlightenment. No, we're here right now in our crazy fucking ups and downs, topsy-turvy path and so many lessons to get there, you know? And yeah, and and it's... And it's... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... it's in, Maybe that's just intimidating no matter who you are, where you are. Like, maybe it's a little easier for the Buddhist monks or something because your, pra- your daily practice... Your life is sadhana. Your life is daily, like meditation stuff. But you can integrate that. You have to integrate that into whatever kind of life you're living. And it's, again, it gets squirrely because there's a balance of, there's radical acceptance is weird because you, sometimes you go, do I leave this the way it is or do I change it? Because both of those are accepting, like it's, it's almost like you have, to, you have to listen. You have to get good at listening. Because a part of you goes, no, I can change this and I want to change this. And then that is the acceptance. And that's nuanced. You know, that's a little more granular. But you don't have to shove it up its own ass and get crazy about it. Yeah. That's the last layer you got to worry about. That's still that's still in your garden, yeah. at least. But it's... It's, it's a tough... Uh, it's, it's tough to know where you're at and where it's at in terms of what what's the... I wouldn't say right thing to do or right thing to modify but it's that sweet sweet spot you're talking about is just when is it okay let it be what it is or or when do i modify that's a tough one to figure out yeah this light touch you know like you don't you don't stick your hands in your pocket and give up but you you don't try to strong arm everything that energy doesn't last long yeah neither of them does so neither of them are are honest i guess let's wrap it at that brother (sighs) Everyone. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone, this is uh, number 39, gratitude, whatever we're going to call this thing, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but, Back in the fucking studio. But it, it's nice to see you in here, man. Mm. You, know, you know, and I'm sure they're going to enjoy seeing our faces a little bit brighter. <laughs> yeah, the lighting and the and the whole, like, we just didn't do this for a long time because of the lockdown. It feels good, man. Yeah. It feels great. And you guys are what makes this even better. You know? <sighs> so... Thank you. Thank you for listening to my voice coming out of whatever speaker. This is nonsense to us. We are having a fun time. We're glad if you're having a fun time. We're going to keep doing it because we're just enjoying it. But like you're a big part of it. And that's new for me and probably for you too. Like I don't know what to do with you guys, but thank you. Yeah. Really, thank you. Thousand subs, man. Yeah. It's not a huge number, but it's... It's a milestone though. I didn't think we would get there. Or I don't know. I don't know what I thought. (laughs) It's, yeah, and that's that's where we just need to back out of it and let it do its thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, 1,000 here, and then 5,000, and 10,000, and who knows? Or maybe that's where we stay at 1,000. We just keep you guys. Who Seven the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> just let it flow into what it's flowing into. You know, the water okay. stream. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting too philosophical here. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> that's the... <laughs>